Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Good morning. Can you hear me? All right. I'm thrilled and honored to be working here now with the Growth and Transformation Ministry at Arlington Street Church and um, to have this opportunity to introduce myself a little bit to you. I'll just start at the beginning. I grew up in a small, vibrant community church up in Gloucester, Massachusetts, about an hour northeast of here. And my parents had grown up in a congregational church out in Evanston, Illinois, and found that this church was comfortable enough for them to make our spiritual home for my sister and me growing up. And um, for in, in that neighborhood, this church was non-denominational, but sort of served as part community center as well. My family, we sang in the the choir and the pageants and the so-called talent shows and, and so forth. It was kind of a central part of our, our lives growing up. Um, and in Sunday school, I learned the Bible stories and the Jesus stories and, and was confirmed in that church, as was my sister. Um, then when I started high school, as, um, and a new minister started there at the church, I quit being involved there on a regular basis. It wasn't until college that I became interested in something else of any religious or spiritual nature um, and that grew out of my growing relationship to the natural world. I took a year out of college after my freshman year and basically to explore something other than school for a while and found myself working on, as a farm apprentice up on an organic farm in Maine. That experience changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, but spiritually, it was about discovering that we as humans have more than a consumer relationship to the planet. In fact, we have a responsibility, some accountability in our relationship to the earth. So when I returned to Northwestern in the fall, I was full of passion and new knowledge that sort of ushered me into a shared leadership of a new student environmental group. And we worked for a year on institutionalizing recycling in the university campus. About a year later, those blue bins were in the dorms, and those of us who had been involved had learned a lot about activism and effective organizing for the earth. This experience fed the activist arm of my my growing awareness that all this nourishment that I'd received growing up by the sea in Gloucester also came with a call, a responsibility, an opportunity for a more mutually caring relationship with the planet, her creatures, and her ways. I explored and experienced deep ecology, women's spirituality, feminist theology, Wiccan circles, and more. And I think during the whole time I was in college, I don't think I ever visited a single church. Actually, that's not true. I did find myself in the, in the uh, chapel of the university for some event sometime, and I, and I almost felt myself to be a foreigner there. I, had, I felt like I'd really kind of come a long way from my Protestant upbringing at that time. Then I returned to Cape Ann after college and started working in various environmental education jobs. I joined a women's a cappella singing group, and it was through that that I discovered the Unitarian Universalist Society of Rockport up in Rockport, Mass. Some of you may know that church. At the time, the Reverend Karn Walk was the minister there, 
and the place was humming. It was just a place that a lot of us found was too fun not to go to, even those of us who like, didn't tell any of our friends that we were actually going to church. Um, we were encouraged to play with clay during worship, and uh, there was a, just a lot of um, energy and vibrancy in the church. And I fe loved feeling fully embraced there um, as an eco-spiritualist, as an activist whose activism holds spiritual dimensions, as a seeker and a lover of the mystical. I felt there was room for me to bring all of me to church, and it was really enticing and really kind of addictive. Um, I came alive there, and it was actually in this chapter of my life that I discovered my call to ministry. I explored that call for a little while, and then I tabled it. I knew that divinity school would enable me to bring together the three fields that I was really passionate about, education, the environment, and spirituality. But I freaked at two unknowns that overwhelmed me at the time. One was figuring out how I was going to pay for school, and the other was figuring out how I would be as a minister when I still felt like I was in so much transition myself. I thought that I had to know all these things before I started. So I tabled it for a while, but realized that wasn't the approach. So after about five more years of working in nonprofit environmental education organizations, I finally said to the universe, okay, if I'm supposed to go to divinity school, I'll apply, you show me the money. <laughs> Lo and behold, I was accepted with scholarships to two Boston area schools, and my next chapter began. That same year, I discovered also that I, there were new dimensions to a long-standing friendship with my now husband, Matt. Um, once I was solidly on the path to divinity school, I realized that not only that I had strong feelings for him, but also that I might have something to share with him. I discovered that this relationship was another opportunity for me to step up to the plate of mutuality. In deep relationships, I could discover not only what I was missing, but also what I had in myself to offer and share. So I started seminary in September, I think that was 2003. I got engaged at Thanksgiving and got married the next summer. 19 months later, Sophie, who turned two yesterday, um, joined our lives, and that's a story for another day. <laughs> We're all very tired after the big party yesterday. <laughs> so not only seminary, but also parenting and marriage have become commitments that have deepened and challenged my spiritual reserves. There are days, as a parent, spouse, seminarian, when prayers have to fill the holes that get left by insufficient sleep, food, exercise, and even nerves. Suffice to say that even though my prayer practice often happens in multitasking mode, alongside doing dishes, folding laundry, even bathing the child, reading for classes. Still, I really notice a difference, and so does my family, when I forget or neglect to pray. Astoundingly, even on those days when prayers are all I've got, I still manage to forget or neglect to pray at times. This is part of my current spiritual struggle. I've learned both from my own experience and from my colleagues and conversations both Jewish and Christian, with both Jewish and Christian colleagues on the campus that like so many things, it seems to take a village to keep many of us sustaining a spiritual practice. So I'm really grateful to be joining your community here. I look forward to being your spiritual companion, and I hope we can pray together, talk together about praying, and lots of other stuff too, lament together and laugh together, and when we fall down, help lift each other up again. Blessed be and amen. <laughs>